Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast from Barcelona, where hold up in the uh, Airbnb room all together. And what a stage, what a day it was. Benji flying in early. What we do, we you came in, we went we went down to the beach. First thing we saw when we did our recon of the riders' recon for this team time trial in the Vuelta was that start ramp was uphill. What is it with the Vuelta and dodgy start ramps? Wasn't the Salt Flats one also a dodgy start ramp? Exactly, and it kind of looked like it kind of looked like it went downhill for like five meters and then went uphill yeah. into it. So it was very intriguing. But then the weather conditions hadn't started yet, because at that point in the day, we had our weather radar saying that Ooh, rain is likely to happen towards the evening. That was something we've known. That is something we've known for kind of a week. Like yeah. on Monday, I checked the weather and it was going to rain today at some point. So there was the physical danger that rain could happen on this parkour. But it was a very technical parkour, right? Yes and no. Like it's 15, 15 kilometer TTT course. The Vuelta loves to start with a TTT. They did in Utrecht last year uh, in the Netherlands. The roads were wide. Barcelona's streets are really wide, a lot of one way roads that are like three lanes wide. So, yes, it wasn't, there were 18 corners for 15 kilometers. So, very difficult to know when to change riders because you don't want to change just yeah. before a corner. So, I would say the roads were not too technical or dangerous in terms of narrow points or pave. A lot of white lines, a lot of bike lanes, lot, a few tram tracks even, a few roundabouts, and definitely a few areas where water could pool. Sir, 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 we always hear people talking about the spirit of gravel. <laughs> I think there is a spirit of team time trial. I feel like team time trials should not be city circuits. They should not be super technical shit. Because I want to see riders benefit from the aerodynamics. I want to see how riders switch on a straight line. I want to see a proper team time trial. And this was like, it makes it not only difficult for the riders, but also for the broadcasting. Because when watching this time trial, I have no clue where the intermediate checkpoints are. I have no clue where the riders are on the parkour. Yes, the weather held, but that would have been the same regardless of the weather, in my opinion. Like, it's just chaos. It was chaos. And what we realized when we went down, right? So, by the way, the reason I look so sweaty is I just, I got shut in my hotel room. It was raining and I, and I had to run over here with an umbrella um, to, <laughs> after the TT finish in the pitch black. It, when we left at about six o'clock, first of all, we could see thunderstorms coming in when we left down the beach to come up here. And I thought, we left even earlier than that. I think we left at 5.30. I thought, it's already getting pretty dark. And at the beach... There's not the big yeah. buildings blocking the light too much, but at six it was already getting dark. And by the way, I've been, in, been here on a little holiday. So a newsflash for you, which shouldn't be a newsflash for the organizers, it gets dark in Barcelona's city center or has been at like 8.15. And I don't mean pitch black, but in good conditions, already the light is very low at 8.15. 8.45, virtually pitch black. That's in good conditions. So 
I was looking at thunderstorm coming in. They're not starting for another hour and a half until seven o'clock. The first team and quick step roll off at eight twenty. Yeah, they roll off at eight twenty when it's already dark in good con- in in a sunny day. And I thought this could be absolute carnage. And that's basically what happened. Who was the first team? Kaha? And then was DSM one of the first three teams to roll off? DSM was, in my opinion, I think the second or the third team to roll off the starting line. And like the conditions at the start were better than at the end of the time trial. Like obviously that was very clear when watching it. If you're not watching this race and you go afterwards to the results page, you're probably (laughs) like, what the hell just happened? Because... Some shit happened. Let me tell you about it. So, like you said, those teams, the Kachas of the world, the DSMs of the world, those teams actually had a a really solid start to the time trial because the weather conditions, yeah, it was it, it was, was starting drizzle. to rain. It was drizzling. There were already kind of some wet patches on the parkour, but nothing too serious. And the water hadn't settled yet. Exactly. In, in dangerous sections. Exactly. I will say the starting ramp was already dodgy. They had the probably <laughs> what it looked like the Spanish curling or luge was it the spanish curling or luge team out there with the (laughs) the mops that weren't doing they were just shifting wet water around everyone that started on that start ramp anyone that tried to get out of the saddle a back wheel just fishtailed and it was man it was carnage like some of the teams were taking it so carefully and weren't even really trying but yeah there's a there's probably a dangerous period and remember i would say the roads it hasn't rained here for a while the roads were not as bad as nice in the tour de france 2020 where riders were literally turning through a hairpin yep. on, a, on a road bike at standing speed and just crashing. The roads were not that slippery. I also just ran here in Birkenstocks, went over a few white lines. They actually weren't too slippery. But still, I was, you know, there's standing water that gradually builds up and the later teams would be penalized by them and the deteriorating light conditions. So Team DSM Fermanick gets the miracle Vuelta opening stage win by 0.55 seconds ahead of Team Movistar. Movistar, the most. DSM, very happy for them. I love an underdog victory. Yes, of course, the conditions played a huge role in that. But still, Lorenzo Meleza, who now goes into the red jersey, he's a powerful rider, Bardet. and, And I mean, the whole team obviously still did a very, very good performance because they smoked other teams that went in their time slot too. So... I think, yeah, hats off to them, Dainese, Malese, and who were the other engines? I mean, perhaps I'm giving too much credit. It was really, like, they're never winning if they're doing a mid, mid-time slot. A hundred percent, and this is like when Lampard, for example, benefited last year in the Tour yeah. de France in the initial time trial, won the yellow jersey, also because of the weather conditions. He might have competed for a top five, top three, but winning would have been difficult if he went at the same time as the people that were doing it in worse conditions. But when it comes to this time trial, the difference between DSM and some of the teams that went late was gigantic. So they definitely would not win if it was purely on sporting merit without the weather conditions heavily impacting it, the darkness heavily impacting it. And it got worse over time, but I was kind of shocked by the time of Trek, little Trek at the start, because it was already bloody terrible. Like, I don't think they tried. They don't have a GC rider, right? I, I reckon they tried, but it felt like Juanpe, El Patron, was kind of like saying... Well, they had to wait for him. If he is yeah. a GC rider, they have to wait, wait for them. And I think also the fifth rider, Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, was the fifth rider setting the time. Normally, it was the fourth rider in other TTs. I don't know why it was the fifth rider all of a sudden. And remember, if your team... It's always fifth? All right, apparently. I think it switched around a few times to win races. I swear we've had this discussion before. Mm. 
Maybe I've never watched cycling. But anyway, <laughs> you also can't drop your GC leader if he's one of the weaker time trialists because if you get dropped, you set your own time after the fifth guy. So yeah. you will actually lose time on the road too. But Movistar, of the GC teams and the big teams going in the later terrible slots, Movistar the best. They lose. They nearly pull off the miracle stage win 0.55 seconds behind DSM Fermanek. Unbelievable TT from them, from Garcia Cortina, Imanol Erviti drafted in at the last minute, the powerhouse, Nelson Oliveira, another top 10 at Worlds, Mass. They obviously went full threat of death in all the corners. They went second last, so they had dog shit conditions. That's, I mean, Yumbo and, Yumbo and Ineos, or maybe Yumbo and Quickstep shouldn't risk too much, particularly Yumbo, but for Movistar, you got to go for the high risk, high reward players, I think, because Mars isn't, you can't just be like, oh, we'll get, we'll get 30 seconds back yeah. later. Yumbo can probably adopt that attitude. So I quite like, and it obviously paid off because they didn't crash, um, but they nearly took a stage win on home soil too, which would have been huge. Would have been major. And let's go through these results for a second here. You said it, DSM first, Movistar ending up second. When it comes to EF coming first, six, six seconds down, also a team that I did not see having any issues on the road when it comes to punctures or mechanicals or crashes and so forth. So probably had some benefit there. And they've, but sucked, also, in the, and they've sucked in the wet recently. Biscuits yeah. crashed every time in the wet recently. Maybe they found uh, their rain tires finally. Yeah. <laughs> but quick step, like you said, also a solid time in fourth. That is also around six seconds behind. Groupama, same thing, fifth. That's a really great time. Good, really good time by Groupama. And all these teams we've mentioned so far, they didn't have crashes. They didn't have punctures, if I recall correctly. Yes, there were differences in conditions. We'll go and talk about the darkness a bit later. But, but our Palmer first had one, pretty shit conditions, I think. Before they had else. the average ones, I swear. Okay, and around that time, also Jayco wiped out completely. So yeah. you could lose it all, you know, as well. So Arkea, Hofstetter, and Volkelen crashed. Alpesen, two riders crashed relatively halfway. One Alpesen rider crashed in the final stretch. Alperson's time was absolutely destroyed because that was their fifth rider that crashed in the yeah, final. Wow. So they had to wait on their fifth rider basically to cross the line because they couldn't wait for him in, in this spot that he was because it was literally the last corner. Yeah. So Alperson got fucked because of that. Lorenzo Plus crashes very early for Ineos. Yep. So that impacts them. I was worried that he would OTL, but he ended up not finishing because he didn't he look, look that he great. Looked bad. He looked bad. So that's another one for the list. Eddie Dunbar crashes in the final stretch for Jacob, but then we see a, a video online where their entire team got, got demolished. So that's another team that gets taken out of competition. So it's it's starting to rack up. Ghana had a puncture as well for Ineos, so yeah. that also adds on to it. He punctures every TT. Talking about punctures, Jonas Vingegaard had a puncture. We had that confirmed by Vingegaard on Danish media and Marijn Zeman in my DM. So that is two people that confirmed it. And we noticed something was wrong because their, it was weird. their structure was off and three riders were ahead and then they were coming back and they, they lost the TT by... They were 11th on 32 seconds with a, time tr with, a, with a puncture, bike change and getting back into it. That's arguably a very good TT. Ah, it's fine. They probably were taking it easy through the corners anyway. And we saw this, the helicopter shot of the, their formation, and it was like, has somebody crashed? Because there were three riders ahead. This is mid-TT. Yeah. They're looking back, and then these other riders scream back from the, from the back. But then we see eight riders. I can't see anyone with ripped shorts. Not that they would be ripped, because everyone's just <laughs> sliding out. And so it was strange, but yeah, puncture makes sense. Is Jonas Vingegaard's lack of optimal preparation for this welter already beginning to show? 
puncturing in this TT. Food for thought, hot takes in the comments only. And yeah, it's Yumbo clearly weren't taking it easy because from T1 to the finish, they didn't really lose much time at all, even on DSM who had good conditions. So they were pushing to the finish. Did that puncture? Would they have won? I don't think so. Maybe three, four seconds behind Quickstep. Uh, maybe on 11 seconds behind DSM. They, let's say they lost 20 seconds in the change. Yeah. 25 seconds. Um, but a lot of other teams, serious GC teams, if we run through them, Ineos on 20 seconds. Well, so, I've got the actual list here of the GC leaders, which could be interesting. I'll, do, I'll just do top 10. Okay. Ineos on 20 seconds after Astana, who actually did. Yeah, that's a really good TT on 17 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Coffee is 22 seconds. They had good conditions. Bora Hansgrohe at 28 seconds. Four seconds out of Yumbo. Antomarche on 33. Lotto on 34. UAE on 37. Only four seconds ahead of Alpes and De Koenig, who literally had half their squad wipe out at some point in this TTT. And I didn't see if anyone crashed on UAE. or So UAE, obviously, I mean, UAE, they went in the dark yeah. with, with Yumbo, uh, with, with Quickstep. But from that list of just, the reason I wanted to read out those names is Kofidis ahead of Yumbo, Antomarche ahead of UAE, Astana ahead of Ineos. This is topsy-turvy and just the most bizarre time trial i've ever watched and and now benji yeah what is the gc ramifications of this well if we take a look at gc riders then bardet's at the top we put him in if we consider him then luke's, he's at luke's the top. told you to do that 0.55 seconds ahead of mass okay, okay max pulls ahead of mass by 0.55 you're right you're right <laughs> factually true only's probably up i don't know if only was in the in the list of riders that finished in the top five of only not gc of, right. of dsm but then even is on six seconds scarfy on six seconds landa on 10 seconds thomas on 20 seconds vlasov on 28 roglic and vinegar on 32 a user on 37 almeida lost time to his own team 52 seconds really? while dunbar is 51 seconds it's like the Vuelta website shows him on 37 while everybody else is saying 52 and I, I'm not sure which of the two it is. He didn't look like he was there with the team at the, right at the finish. So maybe Almeida's lost time. Uh, and listen, there was this where the Albertson rider crashed. Yeah. You could see later teams, the apex of the corner with 400 meters to go. And we're now transitioning to uh, the discussion about what the fuck this course was. <laughs> That was not safe. Yeah. You have an apex of a corner with literally like, I don't know, half deep standing water. Did they move the at boom, guys? Or move, I don't know, or move the barriers or something? Yeah. Because eventually the team saw enough guys crash in that corner that I think Yumbo went way, they didn't go near that apex, yeah. nor quick step, because it's, you were just literally aquaplane and crash. And so it was a complete lottery out there. I, I am impressed by quick step and Movistar. They, like, they went in the dark. And, First of all, the teams, have, they're all here. You see the storm and forecast coming. This is very much easier said than done, but could they have brought it earlier to avoid the storms, given that it wasn't that hot? With the road closures in a city as big as Barcelona, that's probably a big ask. Should they have known months ago that it would be too dark at 8.30? Yeah. That's something that's knowable from existing in Barcelona, <laughs> or, you know, that should be no. Well, 8.35 was the predicted sunset here, and I believe that if there is a sunset time, there should be a, let's say, a one-hour buffer so that riders don't need to ride in the dark. At least 40 minutes, 45 Cyclists, minutes. Cyclists aren't circus animals. Cycling in the night shouldn't be a racing factor. No. You can ride in the dark if you want, but 
I don't want to see pro cyclists riding in the dark on my TV. It's a shitty viewing experience. We didn't see anything. But let's, let's start at the beginning. We see the time trial. Yes, we've got some drizzle, but then it starts turning into thunderstorms. Riders should not be riding in thunderstorms, in my opinion. I don't know where the C like, CPA is on August holidays. They're like, sleeping, I think. Why are we going to hear something? And listen, if it's too cold and there's ice and there's problems in a Giro transition stage next year, go for gold. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care anymore. But literally in the extreme weather protocol, I'm pretty sure it lists thunderstorms yes. as a extreme weather event. There's lightning in the city of or surrounds of Barcelona. In as well. In as well? Yeah. Okay, there's a thunderstorm. And everyone's like, no, this is cool. And also, like, some teams, I think maybe Kahadori rolled off, but, you know, once a team, once you're into about a third of the teams, it's too late then to new. Yeah. I mean, no, that's not true. If there's an extreme weather event, you neutralize true. the stage. It doesn't matter if, oh, some guys have got, some teams have gone already. In, in a road race, it doesn't matter that you've raced half the stage. If there's an extreme weather event, you stop it, and if you can't, you know, you just neutralize it. So I, I think this was, I, I actually couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah. That it was, I was like, is no one going to, like, step in here? That like, They're racing in a thunderstorm in the dark in a city, by the way, and the, the buildings mean that that sunset, it looks pitch black before the sunset time. That's, yeah. At the beach, it might be okay in the open, in the mountains, but, man, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. So we spoke about the thunderstorms. Extreme weather protocol, it can be activated for yep. this. It probably should be activated for this in, in the majority of situations. So that, that's already one option. So they could have already neutralized it or done whatever at the start to make it safer throughout. But then it get worse with rain, but less when it comes to thunderstorms in that middle period. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, the rain's kind of an okay condition. The thunderstorms are kind of gone for a bit. So right now it's an okay condition, but riders are crashing every second. It's as if this parkour was built and the timing of it as well, as if bad weather conditions don't happen. Yeah, like, of course, if they rolled off an hour earlier, which regardless of conditions, they should have gone an hour earlier. But if they roll off an hour earlier, it's good weather. Probably we see one or two crashes. But yeah, because of the rain, team, team time trial in a city circuit with 18 corners. Yeah, there's just half the teams crashed or like, and if yeah. one guy goes, you hit the brakes, it's all over. I think one of the Ineos riders that was behind a plus, how he didn't manage to crash, impressive handling from him, but not what you want to see at the start. Like Lawrence de Plus would have been, or would not, would have been, was an, uh, an important part of the Ineos Grenadiers team for this race. And the fact that they left Sivakov at home for what is clearly contract reasons, that also doesn't look too good right now. Yeah. Um, losing to Plus, who's a very similar rider to Sivakov. But, I mean, Remco wasn't happy, Benji, but what's he got here? 16 seconds, 20, no, 26 seconds on Yumbo Visma. That's, that's still a good day's work for him, even though he, he wouldn't have been exactly stoked about riding in the dark. I think so as well. Like, seconds. Results-wise, they're probably happy, but I think as a rider, knowing that the organization and the jury and the UCI and the CPA was fine with you riding in the dark, complete dark, you can't see shit. Every single rider in the last phase of this race said it. Roglic mentioned it in, a, in his interview that he couldn't see anything. He was so laughing at the finish because he was so happy he, he didn't crash. <laughs> he was just laughing. They didn't yumbo him and they didn't even care about the time loss. He was just hysterically laughing at the finish because he was like, I'm Roglic. 
if anyone was going to crash, it was going to be me, and he didn't. I, I honestly think that's how he felt. I think he thought when he saw the rain, he was like, I've just prepared for three months for this race, and I'm going to wipe out on a corner like the Blues. So, so yeah. I feel like these riders are putting their own safety above their result at the moment by saying that, which is a fine thing to do. And like they, they are allowed to have their opinion about this parkour. And there's going to be people on the internet that say, oh, this wasn't predictable. The fact that sunset happens at this point and the weather made it so dark and so forth. But we've, we've mentioned it multiple times right now. That's kind of just not true. 2035 was the the time that sunset would happen and there should be a buffer beforehand in case yeah. of bad weather. That's it. That should be the case. And then you don't have these situations. The weather you will have, and then you have to decide case by case whether extreme weather protocol should be implemented or not. And it probably should have been implemented in the in the thunderstorm phase, in the rainy phase in the middle. I was a bit of the okay, this is actually yeah, we can't you can't you can't judge it and say, oh, this is godlike extreme weather. Yes, it was influencing the race because the parkour was so technical that technical that everybody crashed. So how how do you think about can the parkour be kept in mind when judging when it comes to extreme weather protocol? If you know the parkour is super technical, can you judge it more carefully? I mean, you can be more like, this will be dangerous. If they're doing a city circuit where it hasn't rained in the city for a long time, it will be more dangerous. And also, I think the fact that they had no buffer with the light meant they couldn't pause the race for half an hour to let the thunderstorms roll through. Because they're like, if we delay this half an hour, it will be like, even more pitch black. Yep. But yeah, I think win for Quickstep, win for Enric Mas, win for Bardet and Poole. Uh, Ineos, I think, will be, okay, they took 12 seconds on Yumbo. That's good. But they'll be, they would rather have the plus in the race, I think. Um, Freelander. Otherwise, I mean, Almeida, Benji, 52 seconds or 46 seconds, if that's true. 46 seconds to Remco. That's a lot of time. And he's yep. going to lose another 45, maybe. In the stage 10 TT, you're now at a minute and a half, which can be taken back in the mountains, but you got to take it back somewhere. So a minute and a half buffer is yeah, not how you'd want to basically get where he is in the race right now. To include, like, in my opinion, if you take a look at his time trial, it was a very spicy team time trial, but I'd say it was kind of a, a very terrible viewing experience. It was terrible for the riders to safety. It was, a, in my opinion, even regardless of the weather, a parkour that I don't like seeing in a team time trial in the first place. Like, this was a, a shit start to the Velta. Uh, yes. I don't mind any, I don't mind a city TTT. You like drama and you know it. I like a city TTT. I do. I, I will say that. Um, I'm not okay with that. I do think if it's dry, you know, you it does test handling, it tests equipment, it tests yeah, how, but- how you change when you, how your sequencing is. And, and of course, then the rain makes more of a luck factor. But, you know, EF and... And Quickstep, they didn't crash. They got it right. And Quick, Sudar Quickstep did that with a weaker team. And they take time on Ineos and Yumbo. The light is, and the thunderstorm is a separate discussion. But if, you know, the, I don't mind a city TTT. Of course, all the directors are nervous. No one, the staff don't like it. The writers don't like it. They don't want to lose the welter on stage one. And, you know, Deplus, I, I feel bad for him and others that are crashed. But anyway, tomorrow, Benji, we draw a bow on this. Yeah, not the, not the best viewing experience for, on TV, that's for sure. Um, Monjuith, two climbs, pretty easy day beforehand with some, where they start, in Mathro. Yeah. It could rain again. 
apparently it could rain again. Thunderstorms and... predicted. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it's not cold, so it doesn't matter. It's not a city, TTT. It's not a city. Yeah, they basically go up a short 900 meter, 800 meter, 9% climb, then descend straight into a punchy finish. I think you picked Gregoire. I wanted to pick Gregoire for this finish. Pick Rogledge, dude. No, I'm re- I'm doubling down. Not doubling down, but I, I'm going re- Gregoire. When I see rain, the way FDJ went in the rain today, I think he's good in the shitty conditions, Gregoire. He also has nothing to lose. Roglich, Vingegaard, Remco, Vlasov. A lot of the puncher riders who could win this stage have mm-hmm. a lot to lose and not a GC they can win on Monduif. So Gregoire, fearlessness. I'm t- sort of taking Benji's pick, but I'm just I'm reiterating it. Uh, from the preview podcast, which you can still listen to, by the way. I feel like I just got robbed and brought... Well, it's not daylight anymore well, here, you, so... You can go him <laughs> as well. Yeah, I want to go with Gregoire, and not only because of the stageman, but there's actually also a fight for the uh, the red jersey that was taken by Milesi, the, True. the young dude that did very well at the U23 World Championships. Yes, he won the ITT, he got fifth in the road race, and he got the first spotter here ahead of Max Pool in the the red jersey classification. Now, they probably didn't expect to win, so I'm not sure they tested their sequence of who should finish first yeah. before they but actually But only, only Poole and Bardet are on zero seconds too. Exactly. So they're on the same time. Now, who will end up taking the, the GC lead? We know that Gregoire's on, on six seconds. Remco Evenepoel is on six seconds. I'm looking at these other riders, and I'm like, a lot of other riders are... On 10 seconds and worse, so it's between Groupama, Quickstep, EF, Movistar, and DSM for taking the red jersey tomorrow. And with bonus seconds, Gregoire might be able to do that. Avonpool might be able to do that, but... As long as the DSM guy... So if someone from EF, Quickstep, or Groupama win, as long as a DSM rider takes no bonies, the winner will take the red jersey, I believe. And if they what? come third... I think still the DSM guy keeps it because of the fractions of seconds. I don't think the fractions of seconds count for the team time trial. I recall deep diving oh into this God. rule a few months ago. <laughs> and that's why I don't actually know this rule. I don't think team time trials count. Okay, so we'll have to stay tuned on that. Oscar Only or Bade would be my best bet to come top three for DSM. But I don't see it either against... Uh, the caliber against the caliber of punchers. Yeah, nah. only is a good puncher, but uh, we still have Rob. Did you here. not pick only for this as secondary Did I? for my Gregoire pick? Yeah, but in reality, you wanted maybe Gregoire, DSM so. are flying. I mean, yeah, I'll be interested to see how Jumbo Visma go. Obviously, everyone with the threat of rain is going to be even more hyped about getting into the front, yeah, being first wheel into that descent in the start of the last kicker. It's so difficult to look at the stage now because, like, who controls it? We, we were saying if Ineos is in the lead of GC, then they won't control the stage. If Yumbo is in the lead, they might control for more bonus sex, and we don't know that for certain. DSM's in the lead, and I've got no fucking clue what's going to happen. They're more likely to control, no? I've, DSM are not just going to give the red jersey I away. I think so, because they're up there with six riders. Yeah. So you might, you might as well YOLO control it for that. And also, only your pool taking red for a day would be a big deal. I DSM, no way DSM just let a guy from Kaha take the jersey. No way. Gregoire is more likely to win because of DSM doing that? Yeah, for sure. So, but I, I think you're right. Like, DSM, 
Ineos, it's clear they would not control it. Even Quickstep, I don't think they would control it. With Yumbo losing 32 seconds, I think it's pretty clear that you can't just be like, ah, we'll get him next time. Yeah. We'll get him. The Roglic bonus second accumulation has the to begin. It has to begin tomorrow yeah. on Ineos, on Bora, on the other teams, on Enric Mas and Movistar. It has to begin tomorrow. Especially it's, now. It's a finish that's so good for him and. Especially because of the TTT, because yeah. now they're behind. No, exactly. It's... But how do you play it with your two leaders then? Because like the thing about Roglic, Roglic, the bonus second vacuum. Yes, he's there. But when it comes to Vingegaard, I, I kind of feel like they're going to try and do some reverse lead out shit. Vingegaard can win on this finish. Uh, he's, he's got a good punch and there's no Poggy here. Obviously, if Poggy was here, he just wins. But um, you're right. If Vingegaard gets a lead out and someone drops the wheel or... There's bad positioning. It'll be interesting. I'm really excited to see tomorrow because we will immediately see can this quick step team position Remco? Can this quick step team move Remco up on a climb? And how does Remco's punch stack up against Roglic against oh, we know how it goes against Vlasov. And I think, yeah, it'll be interesting. But Remco can also win this stage. I wouldn't be surprised to see him him win either. Uh, he's obviously in great form and quick step were very impressive today. So uh, you went, who'd you go? Gregoire? Gregoire. I went Gregoire. And we're going to stay with Gregoire. The French, it's time for him to step up into the, into the big leagues. Yeah, it's been long enough, eh? He's, yeah, exactly. Before, he, uh, <laughs> before he's washed up. Um, breakaway, I don't see because of DSM. But yeah, that's the Vuelta start. Any other news in cycling? Uh, I don't know. Oh, good day for DSM. Wellsford, uh, they got it right in the sprint. Wellsford, our boy, won on, uh, in Renewy Tour. Did he? So yeah, he won the sprint stage ahead of um, Philipson and Coy. So... Great day for DSM. Are they the Must best? Must have gotten around the roundabout on the right side this hey, time. There was no roundabouts today. It was on the highway. Maybe they're the best Dutch team at the moment. Who knows? You're um, right. I don't <laughs> see a roundabout. <laughs> All right. Well, well, there we go. The only highway finishes. Send him to, send him to UAE tour. He'll be a winner stage at UAE next year. Well said. That's all from us. We'll see you with the recap of stage two. The Monty with punchy finish. Hopefully there's no rain or thunderstorms tomorrow for the World Cup. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.